You're listening to The S2 Show, a podcast where you can listen, learn, and be inspired by professionals. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Stephanie Saunders. On The S2 Show, I interview some of the world's number one experts. My goal is to help you by giving you a glimpse inside the climb to their success and give you a sneak peek into our guests' behind-the-scenes stories to help shed light on the journey. After each episode, you should have actionable steps to apply on your road to building your empire. Expect to hear from real estate moguls, founders, CEOs, authors, and influencers. Let's get started. This week on the S2 show, I'm joined by Leslie Hughes. Leslie is the CEO and founder of Punch Media. She's also an author, branding specialist, and LinkedIn profile writer who has made appearances on the Canadian television show, The Social, where she was coined the social media guru. In this episode, Leslie shares her why on helping her clients share their why with the world and what she feels the digital future holds for founders. I can't wait for you to hear her story and gain valuable insight for your online presence progress. Leslie Hughes, welcome to the S2 show. Thank you for being here. I am so excited. Leslie, you're the founder of Punch Media. Tell me, what is Punch Media? What are you guys all about? Okay, so I wear so many different hats, but I guess the lion's share of what I do is LinkedIn training, and I also write LinkedIn profiles. It's kind of like the the the, the gist of what I do for the most part. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's amazing. But you also had some really amazing uh, high end clients in Canada, right? Yeah, and the, I've I've been getting clients in Canada and the U.S. So my very first client when I started writing LinkedIn profiles was Guardian Life. That's awesome. And- that is so awesome. What a great start. It was like the first one and I was so scared. And so oh, I bet <laughs> I was writing for um, like the senior executives, like some of the C-suite. And it was like the first time. And it's one of those things as an entrepreneur. I know you've had to pivot in your career. It's sort of like I right. just raised my hand and I said, sure, I can That's do it. Awesome. Terrified. Anyways, it's turned out to be great. I've worked with so many great people telling their story on LinkedIn. So I love that. I think that's so cool. And I think it's so important to have that story, you know, especially now. So I want to talk about that after. But first, tell me, how did you get here? Like, what is your background? What's your story? Crazy story. So I have been involved in digital marketing for over 20 years, which is wow. horrifying. It's, I mean, yes. I've been in the, in the pre, in the pre Google world. I was <laughs> working at a, at a wedding magazine, if you can believe it up here in Canada. So it was um, like the wedding channel or then that was before the wedding channel or the not. And, and so I worked on a 500 page website way back in the nineties, which I teach at a college now and my students weren't even born then. So it's a little crazy for me that they, were, right. <laughs> they weren't even born at that point. So I've been working in digital for a long time, um, doing all sorts of of different things. As I said before, Google um, worked at a dot com and the wedding magazine and a fashion magazine and then um, circled back and started my business in 2009. And I was doing social media strategy um, Mm -hmm. for the Canadian version of the Make-A-Wish Foundation and a provincial, it's kind of like, um, I don't know how to describe it, it's called TVO up here. And so it's a provincial, um, like a PBS. Okay. Yes. Province of Ontario. Right. Right. 
Yeah. So help them get their strategy up and running. And then, and then as you probably know, you can't hit, you know, you can swing a dead cat and hit everybody involved in social media nowadays. So I just went deep with LinkedIn, even though I do teach at a college. Um, I teach at a local college and um, I've been on, on television. Like you had, like I've been on national television version of the, of the view. We have, we have the social. And a few years ago I wrote, I wrote a book. Yes. I heard. Let me see it again. What is it called? It's called Create, Connect, Convert. Awesome. I, I think that's the three C's. I love that. Well, you're like the two S's. Right. <laughs> well, and I'm, I'm actually, I love, I have three S's, which I'll, I'll share with you later. But I think the three C's, those are the, some of the biggest ones. But what about community? Yes. That's, well, that's connect. It is connect. It's that's making connect. connections. Yeah. And I think you and I are the same. We have the same like mind that we, be- we believe in building a quality community. It's not just randomly connecting with everyone and anyone. No. It's building that quality community of connections for sure. Absolutely. Well, I love that. That's such a great story. And I love the book. What inspired you to do the book? Did you always want to write one? Yeah. Well, I, I talk a lot. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so it was one of those things where, um, yeah, did I always want to write one? I, you know what it was, was I really wanted to ladder up my speaking. So I love to speak at conferences and things like that. Yeah. And I thought, well, you know, a lot of the speakers that I know, that's one of the ways that they laddered up was they yeah. wrote a book. And so I self-published. I didn't go through a publishing house, a major publishing house. Right. And I just took all of the same content that I would use with my clients and just right. wrote them all down. So I love that. Yeah. And it's so great. It's like that free value, you know, like you really do people. I think people still struggle with that. So first of all, I love the name as well. Uh, how did that come about? Just punch? So, yeah, it's so crazy. So I, I was taking a course in how to start up your own business. Uh-huh. It's kind of interesting. It's a little interesting story. So at the time, this was 2009, the government um, of Ontario provided a uh, people like myself who were in career transition or or downsize um, with an opportunity to to take a course that was how to start up your own business. And so I was given, it was crazy, Stephanie. I got a second year of unemployment. So you get a full year of unemployment insurance. That's amazing. When you have your kid, like if you're off on, um, you get a full year of EI, unemployment insurance. And then I got a second year. Wow. Starting up my business. That's so that, amazing. Crazy. It doesn't, they don't have the same program anymore. Oh, they but- don't? I was going to say, I'm moving to Canada. <laughs> That's like that way to take care of your people, Canada. I really, I'm with that. That's we great. A lot. We actually, there's other programs now. It's not as much, but right. they do have other programs that usually the grant is about $5,000 now. Right. At the time, wow. it was more. That's so- really cool. I was in the class with a writer and I was coming out like, what kind of name should I write? Because I thought I was going to do public relations because that was sort of right. my background in magazine sales and things like that. And she said, what about punch media? And I was like, yeah, you know what? That sounds good. And it's- I never did any of my due diligence in figuring out whether there was another company with the same name. <laughs> there is. You know? like, I just was like, oh, let's just do this. And it was just a random Decision. Oh, but I love it though. I love it. So I'm going to, I'm going to jump back now to community. Like you were just saying. So, Okay. Right now, it's crazy. Like you, you started doing this before. So you have this like foundation of your original starting point. You saw the value in the storytelling and and obviously you had clients that did too. And this, you know, social media has been around for a long time and this, the power of the story has been forever. But what do you see happening right now with people and how are they, how are they adjusting? To, 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 to just, to being like 
in on this, maybe where they didn't see the relevance before? And like, are you seeing people like you're having to convince them that this is a priority or are people like nonstop bothering you? Like, oh my God, I have to have my story written now. Like what, what's, what are you seeing happening since the pandemic? Since the pandemic, so it was crickets at first. So this time last year was a little nail biting because yeah. people were having to uh, redefine what their roles were in their and and am I going to be still, still working? And so people right. were downsized, outsourced, furloughed, all these other things. So it was really quiet this time last year. Yeah, this year it's incredible. Like this yeah. year, I am so busy. Right, and I think that people are realizing it's that that LinkedIn is not just for people that are job prospecting. That it's for, you know, building relationships right. and it's, and it is, it is converting clients. It's also like you and I, like we, you know, just connecting, learning from others. So I definitely see a huge uptick of senior level executives who yes. recognize that it's not just about, you know, them transitioning in their career, but being a brand ambassador for the organization as well. Right. No, 100%. And so, the, you know, the main reason I asked that is because I'm like the perfect example of someone who old school B2B marketing and and sales for decades, right? Like corporate America, same style, like my small business, same style. Like we, I have several different businesses. All has been offline. Like, yes. Okay. You have your posts you make for your company, but is it really, is it creating community? Not really, you know? So I think that people are still struggling even like I have friends. So they're like, what are you doing? Like, what is this story that I see on your, who are you? You know, but so it's like, I'm finding that I'm having to like have these rants where I'm like, do you understand the power of telling your business's story through yourself, through your story? So I'm just curious if you're seeing this like kind of hesitancy, but like people reaching out to you because like they know they need it, but then they're like, oh, I can't quite, I can't quite buy into this concept. Well, I think people are recognizing that they do need it. And here's the other thing. This is, I love this quote that I say all the time. When you're inside the jar, you can't see the label. <laughs> yes. I love that so much because what happens is when people, and this happens, and I thought it was a Canadian thing. I thought it was a female thing of people being so uncomfortable telling their story. It's and just, it's all of us. It's all of us. Yeah. And it's really this, and the insightful thing for me, recognizing that I just thought, again, I thought it was just like, oh, shucks, it's just me. Don't, you know, but realizing no. that everybody has that same hesitation with telling Absolutely. their story. And, um, you know, you and I are the same way insofar as like our personalities really stand out. And You're so right. how, what I do with telling the story is just basically mirroring back to my clients. Like, tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me your biggest accomplishments, the things yep. that, you know, you've been really good at what you do. And it's really crazy how many people are so, I don't want to put it on there. I don't want people to think I'm bragging. Yep. And, exactly. You know, especially have- men, especially the men who run like big businesses, they they just don't want anyone to know anything. It's like, do you understand? These are the highlights. These are the things that are what captivate the audience you're looking for. So it's like, it's this weird thing, you know, it's, it's an interesting fault we all have. It is. And you know, I, I just re- I just heard there's actually a name for the imposter syndrome called the Dunning-Kruger, Dunning-Kruger effect. I have not heard of this. Tell I've me more. So no. all I know is that su- supposedly, and I haven't done my a real deep dive on it, but just this name of the Dunning-Kruger effect really sort of is about particularly smart people. Yeah. <laughs> smart people who've got their act together right. are more likely to feel insecure about their accomplishments. They feel like if only everybody knew that I didn't have my 
you know, my they, absolutely they'll see that, wow. effect, that, I'll, that I just show up every day sort of making this stuff up as I go and how prevalent it is. I and- love that. Actually, that's that's pretty powerful, Leslie. And it's spot on. I it mean, is. I'll talk about, you know, my husband, he's a very successful young, young man, and he runs several businesses. He does not want to have anything to do with this, but he's all for me being on social media. So he's like, oh, no, it's really great because, you know, this, that, and the other, but himself, not a chance. Yeah. Because I think people are afraid that if, the, if you know, if we just open the kimono or if the, tra- you know, whatever the, whatever the, the thing is, it's going to like, people are going to figure out we don't have it all figured out. Right. And I right. thought by my age, because I just turned 50 this year, I thought by my age, I would have had this all figured out by now. And I don't, I still am like, oh gosh, like every time I click send, I'm writing the profile for an executive right now. And I'm like, she's going to think it sucks. She's like, <laughs> I'm so nervous every time. And and it, it, it's just kind of funny that no matter, I think it's, I think it's when people show up and they really want to do right. the best work or second guessing right. whether or not our best work is right. the best. Right. But it's, it's definitely an imposter syndrome, like effect. So like, I know when I'm excited about a new endeavor, like I'm all in, like I can take over the world and then things start going really well. And I'm like, I'm doing really well and things are working is taking off. And then I have those days where I just wake up and I'm like, who do I think I am? <laughs> what am I doing here? Why do I think that this is going to work? And then it's like, wait a minute, you were just riding high. You have like 15 clients. You didn't even market this. Like, stop it. But I think we all go through that. It to some degree, whatever, you know, we're all like, wait, why do I think I can manage this? Or why should I tell this story? So it's right. interesting. Well, I think it is interesting. And, and you know, regardless of how, you know, successful, we seem to, you know, and it's yeah. these days that you feel like you've got it all together. So, right. you know, like when you're on Forbes, you're probably yeah. like, yeah, I can, yeah. I can take it out. Like I can tackle anything. And then you wake up the next day and you're like, why did they pick me? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And like, wait a minute, did that really happen? Did someone yeah. pay them? I swear yeah. that the next day I, I, I definitely did the exact thing you said. Yeah. And I started asking my friends, I'm like, did you know that guy who picked me for that list? Like, did you, did someone pay for, I asked the accountant in the office. I'm like, do you know if there's a bill to Forbes? Can you find <laughs> something for me? Cause I'm wondering, did someone pay for this? You know, I need to be, I cannot be talking about this if someone paid for it. <laughs> yeah. And so it's the same kind of cheerleading. Like, even though I was on national television here in Canada, I'm still terrified to reach out and say like, can I yeah. get that? Do you want to bring right. it on? Because I'm afraid they're going to go, you, no, forget right. about it. Oh, I don't right. want you back on. But which which isn't, that's not what happens. It's not. It's, it's the same thing. And it's yeah. those days when we feel like you can conquer anything. Those are the days to like get those to-do lists done. Yep, exactly. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable because. Totally. I love that one. That's my favorite. Yeah. Well, you're dropping some real gems here. I love these little <laughs> statements. Uh, do you find though that when you have clients who finally come to you, that you're you're having to almost like coach them into believing in themselves? Right. Yeah. That's that's just so fun. 
It's really it is. nice to, to feel like, like I, because I've had this experience, as I said, like these senior executives that I'm, I'm like working with, yeah. that they, unless they've had coaching to be able to tell their story, right. they just are like, I'm just, I just do my everyday job. And in fact, one of them, who's a friend of mine, um, what he'll say to me is like privately behind closed doors. He's like, you know, if they only knew that I feel like a 15 year old dork that couldn't get a girlfriend in high school, if they only knew that right now, he's like this like, really big successful guy but like I think all of us have that like little child inside of us um, right no absolutely and you know what this makes me think I had to look this up uh Todd Herman wrote a book the alter ego effect right oh. but it's uh how to transform your secret identity to your real life but it's all about branding yeah. so like really he was like the sales coach and he talks to um I think it was a he was a basketball player and he had to like find a way to like help this young kid who was about to be, you know, mega famous, believe in himself. And he identified with like the tiger, right? So it was like this basic concept, but like that we all have this alter ego, which is really who we are. We just have to tap into that persona, I guess. Like you would Beyonce. Like right? Beyonce. Yes, we have to find our Beyonce. (laughs) Inner Beyonce. I love that. It is. It's kind of neat because I think people who like people who might look at you and me because we're so outgoing, right? That we, that we either like love going out networking or we lo- love to. And I, like I'm like you know like for an extrovert, I actually hate networking. Right. Like, unless I'm getting paid to show up. Right. And, well, I, and like, I'm I'm an introvert. I'm totally an introvert. Well, and you know what? It's funny. I just made a post about this the other day on LinkedIn. It's it's really ironic because I've always considered myself an extrovert. I will talk to anyone. I will see someone. You know, I grew up in in Miami or in Florida, so I it's a small place. You know, so you go to the mall and you might see someone that you grew up with. You know, right. and I will walk up to someone and be like, "Hey, I think we know each other from high school." And they're like, with their wife and kids, like, "Who is this crazy woman?" You know, so. I have no shame in that regard, but I am extremely drained after being, so it takes a lot out of me. So that was the difference for me in recognizing, am I recharged when I'm with people or am I completely exhausted and have to recharge alone? Do I go internal to process? Mm -hmm. But so there's a, I guess, double comment there is that I also feel recharged sometimes when I am with people. So it's, it's confusing, but I'm definitely not afraid to speak to anyone. And I love to talk. I'm a chatterbox too. (laughs) I just, I think that sometimes, and I think that's, I've, I've, I've sat in on conferences or training where people are like, um, like let's say negotiators or things yeah. like that. And, and I find sometimes that if people don't um, relate to the person, like they're like, oh, it's easy for you, Stephanie. You right. can talk to anybody. And you're like, right. well, it's not easy every day. Like right. it's not, there are some times that we all sort of universally feel not enough or exactly. whatever. So it, it, it is interesting to sort of see behind the scenes as I yeah. have with some of my clients realizing that we right. are, we're all in this boat together, which yeah. is why I tell people all the time because I think it, it it makes my shoulders come down. Yes. And not feel like I'm alone. Right. That, like I'm like, oh, I'm the only weirdo that feels this way. Yeah. Right. No, I so agree. I so agree. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So let me ask you that behind the scenes of what you do, Right. What's involved there? What do you what are the key things that you look for when you're trying to really craft and cultivate your your clients? 
Yeah. So um, when I'm when I'm doing the LinkedIn profile, I sit down with them for an hour long interview, kind of like this. Uh, yeah. Not on video though, because I'm too. Yeah. Busy <laughs> Um, and so we, um, we, I give them the questions ahead of time, just in case they're interested in, you know, getting prepared yeah. ahead of time. Some people are good on the fly. Some people, they want to right. know ahead of time. And the questions really start out with, what's your why? I know that's a big thing for you too, right? What's right. your why? So tell yeah. us, why, did, why do you love to do what you do? Right. Um, because that, that story really, people, you know, Simon Sinek, people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And, and when we're trying to connect human to human. Yep. So stop. It's not a resume. It is yep. your personality. People are buying from you. Right. So how can I, when I'm crafting their story is, is how do I infuse their personality in some way, but keep it on a professional level? So yes. it's, it's a little bit of that. Yes. that why. Major importance of the balance there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And what's, you know, so what drives you and more often than not is I love to help people. That's what yeah. people want to do. They want to help people. And so when you're coming from a place of service, then you're not, you don't sound like you're bragging. Yes. You you're driven to success. You're committed to your clients. You've won yep. awards because your industry recognized the contribution you made because you're committed to your success. Right. You're bragging. Right. It's definitely. Yeah. No, I so love that. It's a great way to reframe those, those stories. And when you've done it, Right. Right. I'm sure you say the same thing to your clients too. Like when you've done it, then own it and put it on there because that's the right. channel that you're expected. People are expecting to see your successes. Right. And if you don't, you're actually doing a disservice to those people who really want to know what you have to offer. Right. So I, I'm going to need you to, to do my LinkedIn um, profile. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have so many people to send your way. But, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of like sales copy. In, yeah. in LinkedIn. So I don't know how I feel about it. Like I do appreciate, you know, even like, let's talk about just briefly clubhouse bios. Like I, I respect the one liners, but I don't know how I feel really about like the call to action being so, so prominent in there. I mean, are you writing a lot of sales copy in the bios? In the bio, I don't do sales copy per se. It's it's what I'm trying to do is get on the same side of the table as the reader. So if someone's job prospecting, yeah. write it one way. If someone's a brand, you know, if they're an yeah. independent business owner, then I write it to who is the person that we're trying to right. appeal this to. Right. So it is sales copy in a way because you're trying to convince someone. Sure. You know, you're awesome. And um, <laughs> at the end, I do like to, depending on the client, I do like to include a call to action. If if it's a small business owner like myself, I want people to contact me. So of course. Say, you know, if you want more information about what I do. Yeah. Right. But the senior executives that are at like the CEO level, they don't right. want people to contact them. So right. you don't. <laughs> but, but even the way you just phrased that, you know, like you, you include it. You, but so some of this copy lately is just like extremely harsh. Like it's, boom, 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 like call, like, it's just, it feels too much to me. And I feel like there's something missing when you do that. So you don't, you're not like, you're not trying to go that direction. Yeah. I don't like it. No. And I don't like too many bells and whistles either. Like right. I like to keep things very simple. Like I don't like all of these, like, um, you know, check marks or like start, like, I just don't like right. all of that. It, you know, when, when it comes to bullet points, I keep them plain and simple. I mean, right. the proof in, is yourself, right? Yeah. What you're putting out there, that's the proof. And people don't want the finger pointing. Exactly. Like, hey, you know, <laughs> people don't like that. They want, they, they want someone that can build rapport with the person that they trust. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you've heard, there's a, another author. I, I'm such a dork. I read marketing stuff all the time. So there's an author and, a, and, a, and he's a speaker's trainer by the name of Michael Port. And he says that the amount that people will invest with you is directly proportionate to the amount that they trust you. Yep. 
Absolutely. So trust everything. Trust yeah. is everything. So how can we create that story so that it's written in such a way that the person feels like, I get this person. I like right. this person. I know that right. this person is here for me and not for them. And I think that's that sometimes that finger pointy sales thing is all about, this is what I can do for you. Yes. <laughs> that's what it feels like. Yeah. That that move, that is exactly yeah. what it feels like. It's very... It's, it's too much in your face and I don't, I don't appreciate it. So I just was curious, you know, if you're having people that request that of you and then you have to constantly tell them no, or do they just take your guidance and say, you do with me what you will. I, with all the, the LinkedIn pro, profiles that I have written in the past, uh, every single one of them says, please don't make me out to be bigger than I am. One oh. client, I have one client who came back to me, this powerhouse woman who was like, Girl, we need to up this. Like, uh, I am amazing at what I do. I'm an innovator. I'm a you know rainmaker. Like she was, and she um, she was a ama- this amazing woman who used to work um, at the House of Blues in California and worked with like like live entertainment. So she's involved with like right. being in that in that persona. And she's like, no, 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 honey, right? You're going, and I'm going to tell everybody just how awesome what I do is. Right. Now, let's go for it. Let's go all in. But right. that's personality too right. and that and when you meet her she's that same personality that is right like, so it oh, made I, sense yeah right okay yeah and I get that one time Stephanie only one time because usually I try to keep it a little bit uh, almost I'm, I'm a little bit more conservative with the professional side one one client I wrote the professional version and then I wrote another one because she was in um kind of like hospitality slash like um, relationship management. And I said, in the immortal words of uh, Vanilla Ice, if there was a problem, yo, I'd solve it. Ah! And she was like, that, I love that. That's me. That's my personality. So it's very rare that I, you know, throw down with a little bit of Vanilla Ice. So. I love that. That's <laughs> hilarious. Oh my God. I'm going to have to test your Vanilla Ice skills with mine then. That sounds <laughs> great. <laughs> That's all I got. That's all I got. So what's, what's the number one thing you can recommend that you always recommend to people like when you're doing your free info stuff yeah. for, so for writing? The first and most important thing on LinkedIn profile, photo, headline, and summary. And so those are the three key areas that people are going to look at. So make sure you spend your time focusing on those. The yeah. photo is so much more important than people think it is. Yeah. Agreed. It's everything. Agreed. Everything. I even struggle with it too because like, so it's funny because I'm not really, I've never liked social media. Like I, you know, I always had it. I'm a millennial. I've always had social media. I grew up like in college, I think was when Facebook came out, you know, so I've been acquainted with it maybe less than some people who are younger than me, but it's part of my life. So I've always used it in a personal way, you know? So like when, when I started doing this, when the pandemic happened, I put a photo up and then like two weeks later I changed it. And so you can't change your profile. You need to have one like identifier that is everybody knows you. So then the one that I ended up liking, I wasn't really smiling. And then I, you know, after a while it kind of dawned on me, like when I would see it, I looked like I was a little bit scary, you know, like it's not, it's a bit like you need to be more friendly. And so I finally said, okay, it's a blazer and a smile, like get over it. That's, who I am anyway, right? I'm bubbly and happy. So it is really a big deal. It's, it's so important. And I, and I've seen so many bad examples. In fact, that's what I do in my training is I like, I have this like list of people's bad, and I take their names out. So I don't try to shame. (laughs) Yeah. 
But I have seen bad ones. I mean, people who have literally either used their passport photo, where no one's no one looks good in their passport photo. There's not they're not smiling. They look like they've been in prison, right? <laughs> and and I've seen them as bad as you know people smoking or people. Oh no! Nails. I have seen them so bad, Stephanie. That oh I no! Pictures of people with no clothes on, like oh no! Shirtless. Oh God! Or bodybuilders that are in like their little bikini, and so my students would say to me, "But Leslie, what happens if that's your brand? If you're a bodybuilder and that's your brand, I go, would you show up to a business meeting lubed up and in a speedo? Probably not, right? You're not going to show up at a business meeting with that outfit on. Oh my God! And as your LinkedIn profile photo, come that on, that is awesome. That is. <laughs> Seriously. So oh, like, that first impression is such an imprint in people's brains. And yes. we don't necessarily think it. So don't have the cute. I mean, most of us have these cute photos that like someone has taken of us and someone else is in the picture. So we crop that other person. Right. Out, no. Just, you know, it's not difficult to have right. a photo. As right. <laughs> so wait, you mentioned a uh, course. So what, talk to me, what, what else do you do? You have like a course where you teach people about how to do this stuff? I, I do. I'm terrible at selling it. Um, ah, I do, okay. I do have an online course about a DIY, like how to write this yourself. A DIY, okay. how to write your own LinkedIn profile. So That's awesome. You're going to have to send me that so we can link it when this launches because I would check it out, but I also would just like to work with you one-on-one. Yeah. I'm more of a one-on-one person. I, you know, it's funny when I met you on Clubhouse, which I want to talk about in a minute, Um, in that room, we had Jake Dunlap who popped in and I connected with him and it just so happened to be that he and I did our podcast earlier today. So today is the, my first day of clubhouse, uh, reunion day. And he was talking up to me about, um, webinars and like that we're in the age of annoying webinars and just this like overwhelming amount of mastermind invitations and the click to, you know, be captured in the email funnels. It is, I'm not a fan. I really like the one-on-one. I appreciate the ability to download something and to take a course where I can learn, but I really, I don't think that the one-on-one is going to go away, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think, and I think that's one of the reasons why, um, and I'm, you know, totally open kimono, why the stuff that I, I mean, I don't promote it that well, because I think I, I'm the same as you are. Like, I, you know, I follow Marie Forleo and Amy Porterfield. I was a big fan of theirs. I joined, I became a part of Marie Forleo's B-School years ago. And so I like want to, I want to do that passive income. I like, I love the idea. I love it. Such a great job of it. Yes. I just haven't felt congruent with it. I haven't felt like, because I did create a program too for financial advisors that I'm going to revise and, and launch. And I, and I did subscribe to a whole learning management software and system. But oh, wow. Right. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be that cheesy, like, hey, buy my stuff. I really want to have that interaction. Know that I'm making a difference. Too. Right. Well, and I think that's it. But I think, so for me, you know, like I started a consulting firm when I left corporate America. Right. And then it's it, it it morphed into what it is now, which is like doing these brand starter packages. But it's really more like I'm assessing your current business because you're failing because you are, you know, pulling out ads in your local magazine and you have no presence digitally whatsoever. And I'm not going to be someone who writes your copy. Right. But with that being said, I will still provide people that are, are too afraid to actually do something with a course. Here is your guide. So I'm, I'm happy to do that. But I think there's a difference between that 
because selling that is it's easy because people need it. And some people, it could even just be like the beginning to their pathway towards getting things together. Right. But like those masterminds where they hard sell you. And then, you know, maybe they even push you to get on a phone call. Like Jake was saying, you know, he's the CEO of a company that does, you know, millions of dollars in revenue every year. And the sales guy finally gets him on the phone. He says, did you watch the, did you take the master course? And he's like, no, man, like I'm on the phone with you. Like what's up? And the guy's like, oh, well, you're going to have to watch that first before we can talk. He's like, what? Like that is, it's like a dead zone, but I think we're we're losing some of that one-on-one and I'm just, oh, I'm a little overwhelmed by it. I agree wholeheartedly. And I, and when I see those things that they promise you, like you can become a millionaire overnight in six weeks. Yes. And in fact, I, I emailed, um, not that Marie and I, Marie Forley and I have a, like a one-on-one, yeah. but I messaged her and she took my question and turned it into one of her Q and A's. Cause I was like, is this the modern day snake, snake right. person who's going to sit like within six weeks, I can turn you into a millionaire too. And you're like, really? <sighs> Yeah, it's like the get rich fast scheme, you know, I feel like it might might be slowly dying, but with Clubhouse. So let's talk about Clubhouse. But before we talk about it, I am just overwhelmed by download my course, join my masterclass. So it's huge. So Clubhouse to me is amazing. What are you thinking about it? I know you said you're not really in it right now. I'm not really in it. And I, and maybe it's because the stuff that I'm getting pinged on is all salesy stuff. And yeah. so that's what makes me kind of nervous. And there's no legacy there either, Stephanie. That's the other part. Like I never really, and I'm too old for the whole Snapchat thing, but <laughs> I never use Snapchat, but I, I don't understand because there isn't a legacy. There isn't something that people can go back and look at. So I have been invited a couple of times to speak and it's great because I don't have to be camera ready, which right. is fantastic. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. And I and I think that some of the people that I have seen adopt it have been early adopters with the other social media stuff that I saw right. like way back in the early like two thousands. The people that I think are influencers and things right. like that are ta- are are adopting it. So I'm like, there's gotta be something to it. Right. For sure. So what I'm seeing is exactly what you just said. So people who are like these influencers who really dominated on LinkedIn or on Instagram, they're taking the stage here, but I feel like it could be for the wrong reasons. So what I'm seeing is, okay, oh, another place for me to maybe make money, because Mm -hmm. if I have a massive following here, then I can be paid as a moderator to host summits and brand events, et cetera. So as the marketplace gets more crowded and there's more people like you and I are just coming on to give free value, we're essentially competitors because we're being genuine and we're just coming on to 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 talk to people and to learn and to also provide feedback. So I'm finding it to be a little bit hostile, hmm. um, especially in certain rooms. So, and I've only been on there, like they, they say there's this three week I guess you could call it like a drunken phase where you're on like every single day, you can't sleep, you're fascinated by it. Um, So I'm like in day 12 or 13 of it. But what I'm finding is the value is what you said, you know, the moments where you can have these groups where you're speaking or where you're just dropping into a room that is a topic that is relevant for you, or even one of these, let's say referral rooms where everyone comes up, says, hi, my name is, and this is what I do and what I'm looking for, man, it's, it's powerful. It's just like hot leads, but 
it's really turning Instagram into this completely new world. And I never used Instagram. Do you use Instagram? Not really. I, I, you know, I, I, most of the time it's sharing stuff about my friends, but I'm kind of doing kind of the same kind of idea that we're doing here is I'm interviewing right. my friends too. So I'm trying to just, I use it as a syndication really is what yeah. I do. So to like to say, this is what I'm doing over on LinkedIn, but it's also a little bit about my personal life and it's a little bit about my business life. So yep. I dabble. I mean, I've been doing this so long when yeah. the only channels were Facebook and Twitter. I mean, that's right. doing this right. Stuff. And, you know, the, the problem, I think what most people do, and I'm probably just as guilty as anybody else, is we oversaturate ourselves in so many different channels that we overwhelm ourselves with that's the problem. places at once. So right. that's why it's like just important for people to get really congruent with one good channel right. and go really deep there as opposed to worrying about being everywhere. Right. Because well, Twitter, I'm like, eh, I don't, I don't use Twitter. I don't like Twitter. Right. Yeah. No. I still, even with Clubhouse and like, if it does remain this powerful. I truly believe that Instagram will just be a place where you can share a little bit of your personality and your personal life. And LinkedIn will, it won't go away. Like LinkedIn is where you are as your professional self, but also showing who you are as a human. Yeah. So I think it's going to just make LinkedIn go further up. Well, here's hoping. I certainly see that there's been a much more, especially with COVID and people not being able to interact face to face. Yeah. It's really become like the uptick. I think it's grew over a hundred million in the year. And so like sort of LinkedIn's sort of, sort of been this slow burn. Yeah. You know, like Instagram kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, like 1 billion people, you know, later and, and Facebook and so forth. And so, um, you know, LinkedIn's sort of been this dark horse that people don't necessarily talk about. And it's sort of this untapped thing. So when people call me and they're like, I'm so embarrassed. My, my profile is terrible. I'm like, like, you realize you're still an early adopter on here, right? So, you know, you're the fact that you're investing in it. I see so many bad um, profiles out there, and, yeah. and that's, like, it's not. I'm not trying to shame anybody. No, yeah, but they don't get the value. Yeah, and right? I think it's it's and people are also really really fa- afraid of of LinkedIn too, Stephanie, because I think they're afraid of making a mistake. So it's yeah. okay on Instagram. You can post something goofy and be silly, but. This is my my professional life, so right. I'm gonna just hold off because I don't I don't want to risk any opportunities they may have missed by you right. know people judging me. So right. I, I try to get them comfortable with it because that's great. No, it's it's very needed, very needed what you do. But I also think slow and steady wins the race. Maybe LinkedIn will be the one who stays around the longest because they aren't trying to you know reach the sky. You know, they're just like the reliable force that connects business professionals well we'll see i mean they're they're owned by microsoft as well so, i know yeah so a few years ago when my friend who works at, she worked at linkedin um she was she you know she didn't know if there was going to be a little bit more merging of what, yeah. what goes on with microsoft there hasn't really been they're still kind of siloed there hasn't really been a lot of merging with microsoft right um, opportunities on there so so we'll see at least they've got the backing of that and their revenue the way that they generate revenue isn't just with ads they've got right members like they've got a multi different ways of generating revenue so they've been smart about it right right now and I wonder what's going to happen with this whole influencer creator model you heard about this do you know anything so So apparently creators are now there's going to be a content creator um what's the term um collaboration where you're able to be paid for your content similar to, you know, YouTube and Instagram. Okay. So I'm not sure what that looks like, but I know that it's something that LinkedIn is doing now. I hope that doesn't mean that it will turn into a place of ads because I, that would change the platform a lot. 
Yeah. Oh, for sure. And, you know, and, and I've been trying for a while to get LinkedIn live. I haven't been able to. Oh, get have you? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't apply. I, you know, I don't know what I think about it. I, I guess I would. I mean, why not? Right. Why not? And it's because I've just been starting to do these weekly chats in the past four weeks of doing these video chats, interviewing friends, and I'm and I'm doing it through like a Zoom call, which is right. like this management software, and I'm and I'm streaming it to YouTube, my YouTube channel at the same time, and my Facebook. I, I'm, I'm trying to do everything on the cheap because I'm really just having fun with it and right. some really fun friends, um, and doing it from a business context. But yeah, like I'd like to kind of get on LinkedIn Live. Um, there's some people doing some really great things on there, but yeah, and it's like having to get out of your own way to do it, and, and LinkedIn. LinkedIn hasn't accepted. And I was talking with my friend at worked at LinkedIn this morning. And I, and I said like, how does one get right? <laughs> and she's like, I don't even know. So I don't know, maybe because you have a lot more followers than I do, maybe you'd be like bumped to the top of the list faster. Ms. You Sports. know what I think it is? I think that it's actually about the mission. So like if I were to come on and be like the only one of something or like one of the few of something, then it like, it's, I think that might be what it is. I don't know. I'm not sure. I haven't applied. I'll, I'll do it and I'll let you know what happens. And then I'll have to write on your coattails and be like, yeah. And if I get it on, then you'll have to do like a live with me and we'll talk about all this stuff all the time, you know, because people need to, to buy into the fact that this matters. It's like still like 70% of people are not, they're not doing anything yet. Oh yeah. And mind blowing. It is, it is mind-blowing, and I think it's just fear. I think it's the fear of putting themselves out there. So there is so many people that aren't doing anything. And we're also – we've got so many different generations that yes. – you know, I'm Gen X, um, you know, you're millennial, and then my even my Gen Z students – yeah, is they're in college now. So yeah. this is kind of wild that we've got all these different sort of so the Gen X people like myself are like, eh, we don't need that. Like, some of my friends are like, I want I can't wait to retire. I'm like, you got a few years left. Yeah, retiring. So I, you know. I know, I have a, a few colleagues that I'm working with right now that are like, look, I'm going to retire soon. But I know that I need to get my company to be recognized in this day and age. Like, so help me. What do I do here? You know, I'm a law firm and I'm successful and I want to showcase that without being obnoxious. That is that is the number one without being obnoxious. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think it is, it is really just pivoting and coming from that place. Like you yeah. and I are so aligned. Like I was like, Oh, I just met my best friend because you know, like the fact that we were actually, everybody in the panel was pretty much that way. We were all sort of like, give good value, give good yeah. value, be helpful. And, and the clients will come. They yep. will. Because no, even though you can Google just about anything out there. I mean, I'm self-taught. I never got a certification in social media management. And yet here I do is like teaching right. other people about it. Um, and so who, you know, who am I to do it? I've just been doing it long enough. And so, um, so just people just need to just take those baby steps and get out of their comfort zone to do yeah. it. Um, because they're just not tapping into the market of like, there's people out there that need to know what you have to offer. And if you're hiding behind this, like fear, right. um, you're, not, you're not doing anybody any, any service. So right. yeah, you need, you need to have your voice. Yeah. Oh, for you sure. really yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and it's, it is, it is fear of putting ourselves out there. I don't love to be in front of the, I hate having my picture taken. I like absolutely hate having my picture taken. Um, but I love to talk. So anytime yeah. anybody asks me, you want to come and speak? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's yeah. great. Yeah. So how can, how can people uh, who are listening to us get in touch with you so that they can have their amazing profiles done? 
Yeah. So um, I'm on LinkedIn, obviously. And yes. it, it, so it's Leslie hyphen Hughes. And what I did not long ago, and this is if you haven't done this, I did this recently because there was a, a bachelorette by the name of Leslie Hughes, too. Oh, really? Uh, yes. <laughs> I went to um, I went to Google and I and I um, got them just to verify me on Google. So if someone Google's my name, I'm going to be there with my book because they asked a question about well, why should we verify you? And I said, well, because there's more than one Leslie Hughes, and I've written a book and you know the Bachelorette and all that other stuff. So they certified, they gave me the certification or whatever it is. They verified me. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah. So most of the time, even if people Google LinkedIn profile writer, somehow magically I have boosted my like bumped myself to like from an S. SEO perspective. So I'm usually, which is why I get clients all over the US. And I even have a client that in Africa, I just recently worked with somebody from Oh, wow. I love that. That's awesome, actually. No, that's a really great tip. I, I have not, I am not currently Google verified. Yeah. And I don't know how, like, it's just one of those things where I just went down a rabbit hole one day. Yeah. So I had to send them a picture of myself, my, like, um, I did give them all of my, um, social media profile, like the, the handles. Yeah. I had to send them a picture of like a selfie of myself with my driver's license just to prove that I was me, I suppose. Right. And, and I got Google. I mean, it was with the book and everything. So yeah. So people- I love that. That's actually a great tip. You know, I'll, I'll say, buy your domain name, Leslie Hughes, if yeah. you can. Do you have yeah. it? I had, to, I had to get .ca for Canada's like our, okay. .com, but I got CA. So you should get .club. So I hear the next big thing is going to be anything your brand like punchmedia.club, lesliehughes.club. Huh. I did stephaniesaunders.club, s2marketing.club. It's like the new hype apparently. So we'll mm-hmm. see. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> and people can get in touch with me at uh, punchmedia.ca too. So okay, perfect. CA, good old Canadian. Eh? Awesome. Well, okay. I'm going to drop all of your contact information um, in the podcast. I'm so happy that you are here. You are a rock star. I'm going to be having you do my LinkedIn profile and I will highlight it so everyone can see the amazing job you did. Oh, you're a doll. You're a doll. I'm so Thank- glad we connected. Yes, me too. Thank you again for being here. I I will see you soon, hopefully. Yeah, for sure.